Welcome to the Center for Christian Spirituality podcast. What follows is an audio recording of the weekly contemplative worship service at Chapelwood United Methodist Church in Houston, Texas. For the next 40 minutes, you are invited to engage and rest with scripture, music, prayer, silence, and brief meditations. Our hope is that you will allow wherever you are right now to be a sacred space for you, perhaps by resting in a favorite chair or lighting a candle, by gazing out a window or relaxing outside. A guide for this contemplative worship experience, including prayers, scriptures, and song lyrics, is available in PDF format at www.chapelwood.org. You can visit that same website to learn more about the Center for Christian Spirituality. The Center provides resources for people who seek a deepening relationship with God in a way that transforms their relationship with God, others, self, and the world. We are grateful you're sharing the journey with us today.
aloud Psalm 43. I'll read the italicized if you will read the bolden words. O oh, bringer of joy, awaken my heart. Pour your love and blessings through all my being. Free me from attachments and desire that I may become a clear mirror reflecting your love to the world. For fear has pursued me, it has crushed my spirit to the ground. It has veiled your light so that I dwell in darkness. Therefore, I cry out to you, O great awakener. Help me to rise once again like the phoenix of old. I recall days gone by. I meditate on all you have done. 
I muse on the covenant of your love. I open my heart to you. My soul thirsts for you like a parched land. Let me hear your voice within the silence, for in you I have put my trust. Teach me ways of loving service that I might co-create with you, O oh my beloved. Divine light shines in those whose lives reflect love. As the river makes its way to the ocean, may I surrender to the flow of a new life. Then will I trust that all is working together toward the wholeness of humanity. Then will I help to rebuild the soul of the world with love. Recently, I was asked if I was a runner. And I said, well, I run, but I don't really consider myself a runner. And I thought about it later. I said, huh, what's the difference? What's the difference between being a runner and just running? And for me, the answer was, well, if I considered myself a runner, then I would have to do it with some regularity. <laughs> I would have to have a plan. I would have to have goals. I would have to, you know, have more discipline with it. And so I just run. I'm not really a runner. But what would happen if I made the step? towards being a runner. What would that be like? Now, you might have had a similar question. Are you an artist? Well, you're like, well, I paint, you know, but I don't really consider myself an artist. Are you a writer? Well, you know, I write, but I don't really consider myself a writer. We could probably come up with a lot of those kinds of things, right? But what about love? I see that you, you do loving things. Are you love? Well, you know, I, I do do some loving things. But I don't really consider myself love. Thomas Merton tells us, 
To say that I am made in the image of God is to say that love is the reason for my existence, for God is love. Love is my true identity. Selflessness is my true self. Love is my true character. Love is my name. What would it be like, friends, if we didn't just do loving things? What would it be like to identify as love?
I will show you a still more excellent way. If I speak in the tongues of mortals and of angels, but do not have love, I am a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. And if I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith so as to remove mountains, but do not have love, I am nothing. If I give away all my possessions, and if I hand over my body so that I may be burned, but do not have love, I gain nothing. The love is patient. It is kind. The love is not envious. The love is not boastful, is not arrogant, does not dishonor others, does not seek her own things, is not easily provoked, does not think evil, does not rejoice in wrongdoing, but rejoices in the truth, covers all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things, the love never fails. But as for prophecies, they will come to an end. As for tongues, they will cease. As for knowledge, it will come to an end. For we know only in part, and we prophesy only in part. But when the complete comes, the partial will come to an end. When I was a child, I spoke like a child, I thought like a child, I reasoned like a child. When I became an adult, I put an end to childish ways. For now, we see in a mirror, obscurely, but then we will see face to face. Now I know only in part, then I will know fully, even as I have been fully known. And now, faith, hope, and love abide, these three. And the greatest of these is the love. Over these past few weeks, we've been exploring God's boundless love, and we've been on a journey through some key stories in uh, the Acts of the Apostles. And in these stories, we increasingly see uh, this, the early followers of Yeshua uh, begin to see how God continues to break down these boundaries they thought were real. And they continually are um, impressed upon by the Spirit to, to push through those boundaries, um, to reach new people, people they didn't think might would be a part of this new thing that God was doing, the Spirit continued to, to impress upon them and prompt them to reach out and to love and to show them, reveal to them that these boundaries didn't exist. God's love is boundless. And so today, though, we, found out, we find ourselves not as much maybe looking at how God's love is continuing to, to widen and broaden, but we're reflecting on what, what is this love? What is the nature of this love? 
um, what are the qualities of this love? And so we find ourselves uh, reflecting on this beautiful passage that some have referred to as a hymn. It may have been an ancient Aramaic hymn, even before Paul used it in this letter, um, about the love. And it's in the context of Paul is talking about all these different powers that God has given um, Christians and these gifts. Um, and there's things like knowledge and prophecy and tongues and healing and all this. And, but he's saying the greatest of these powers, uh, of these sovereignties, is faith, hope, and what he keeps on referring to as the love. A lot of times when we are doing worship planning, I, I like to look at the text and read it quite literally. And so, you know, I like to go to the Greek, and I sometimes bore them by, like, reading it from the Greek and the literal translation and, and all that. But what I lo- why I love doing that is because new things just pop up. And this was one of the new things that I did not expect, that repeatedly Paul is not just saying love, 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 but he's saying the love, the love. And it seems so odd. Why is he referring to this as the love so much? And it, it just seems to me that there is this power, this dimension that he is saying that we have access to all the time this boundless dimension of love that is powerful, that is mighty. And, and when you start to do some kind of research, or when I start doing some research on, are, are there other places that this pops up, the love? And, and, you know, of course, all of these early Christians were Jews, and so their, their sacred scriptures were the Hebrew scriptures, uh, what we refer to now as the Hebrew scriptures of the Old Testament. And there is one particular place that that phrase pops up repeatedly, the love. Um, And it's in the Song of Songs, uh, where it says, uh, stir up and awaken the love when she pleases. Uh, Set me as a seal on your heart, as a seal on your arm, for as strong as death is love. Many waters are not able to quench the love. Floods can't wash it away. And all these imagery of of awakening and flooding and and a lot of this imagery we've already used today in the Psalms and in the songs that we've sung is this powerful, relentless energy of what they're calling here love. It has a, a desiring aspect to it, um, a passion to it, um, a strength to it. And then in this scripture that Paul, he begins to outline what are the qualities of this relentless, powerful, flooding, rushing dimension that we all are swimming in, um, but we're not always awake to. So I invite you to consider this powerful, rushing love, um, to simply close your eyes 
and to settle into this space and to sink down, to be present in the pew that you're in or whatever you're sitting in if you're joining us online and to become aware that there is a dimension, there is a realm in which we are immersed, that we're swimming in, the love. It's here, we have access to it, we come from it, we are it, The love is our true identity. May we live into this truth. Spirit bear the name 
I invite you to close your eyes and listen as this passage is read again. And I would invite you to simply receive it and hold these words in your heart. The love is patient. It is kind. The love is not envious. The love is not boastful, is not arrogant does not dishonor others, does not seek her own things, is not easily provoked, does not think evil, does not rejoice in wrongdoing, but rejoices in the truth, covers all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. The love never fails. And I would invite you in the silence to reflect upon your own life. As you hold up your own life alongside these words that have just been read from Holy Scripture. And I would invite you to reflect upon your conversations, your interactions, your encounters with other people during this past week. Whether they be a stranger or whether they be someone you know very well, someone in your family, a close friend, Reflect upon those encounters as you hold this scripture up beside your life. And I would invite you to ask yourself this simple question, how well did I show love to these people that I encountered?
And as you continue to look at your own life, I would invite you to turn your attention to the week ahead, what is coming your way in the week ahead. Perhaps you're anticipating uh, an experience, a conversation, a communication, something that you know will be coming into your path in the week ahead. And again, I would invite you to hold this passage of Scripture up to what you see coming your way, coming in your path. And I would invite you to consider how you need to demonstrate one or more of these qualities of the love in those encounters. As you step into that, as you live into that reality of your deepest, truest identity, how might it be expressed in the conversations you will have with another person this coming week? How will the love become incarnate in you? Thank you. 
Spirit's love to be made whole. invite you to take just a moment in the silence to lay down anything that you carry today that feels like a burden, like a weight, anything that you need God to forgive you for before you come to his table. Lord God, as does your love, your forgiveness covers all things, believes all things, hopes all things, and endures all things. Indeed, your forgiveness never fails. And so we receive it fully and freely today and give you thanks. And we pray. Holy Lord, we thank you for this uh, invitation that you give us to come to this table, to be fed by you, to receive holy things into ourselves, that we might be bearers of light and life in the world. Lord, as we come, we're reminded today of our deepest and truest identity that as your children being made in your image, we are bearers of your love. May we be filled with that as we come. May we be filled with you. May we claim love as our truest identity. And as we live our lives, may we swim in the ocean of your love, being bearers of light and life. And we're able to do that because of your great sacrifice, the sacrifice of your son. And we remember that night upon which he gave himself for us, how our Lord Jesus, as he sat with his disciples at that holy meal, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and he gave it to his disciples. And he said, take, eat, this is my body which is given for you. Eat this, and as often as you do, remember me. And in the same way, he took the cup, and he poured it, and he gave thanks to you, our Father, and our source of all. And then he gave it to his beloved ones and said, this is the cup of the new covenant of my blood, which is poured out for you and for many. Take, drink, and every time you do, remember me.
we invite you to come and receive this gift of love, that it might be for you, that it might become you and be fuel for you as you enter into the week ahead, that you might not just do love, but you might be love. There are two communion stations set up, and we invite you to come forward and cup your hand, and the server will place a piece of bread in your hands, and then you can take the cup. You're welcome to go back to your pews. You're welcome to come to the communion or to the prayer rail and uh, take your communion there. Of course, the candle banks are open. Respond as as fits you. But this is the feast of God for the children of God. Would you come?
Thank you for your presence here this morning and um, for participating in this time of contemplative worship. Um, before we depart this place, I um, wanted to bring to your attention a few things that we have coming up. Um, immediately after this service in the Anchor House, we have uh, our final Enneagram group meeting, uh, at least for this month, um, and that's at 10 o'clock in the Anchor House. Um, we also have our two summer book studies that are still going on. The next one actually happens this Thursday online at noon. Um, if you have more questions about that, you can come see me. Um, we also have uh, another series of Soul Collage that's coming up, um, if you're familiar with that. Uh, if you're not, um, there's several of us that have been a part of that experience. And there's some information that you see in your worship guide, and there's also a landing page on our website. Um, and then we also, something that's not printed in here, but we have in a few weeks, we have a gastro church, another gastro church event um, that's a combined gastro church and the center experience. So those of you that know Haley, who's our ministry assistant, she also is director of gastro church, um, which is a, uh, a group of people who gather around uh, good food and good conversations. Um, and so this is a combined event from, uh, w with both of us. So I'll help facilitate that one. Um, so hopefully some of us can, can join as well. There's also a landing page on um, our e-blast that you, hopefully you all receive our email each week. If not, see me or Haley afterwards and we'll make sure you're on our list. And then finally, we have another Enneagram Perspective Circle uh, at the end of the month. Um, for more information, again, just come see one of us. But now as we prepare to um, leave this space and to uh, embody love um, today and this week, I invite you to be um, receptive to what is God's good word uh, for you this morning, uh, your personal benediction from God. Um, what will you take with you? So just linger here for a few more moments, and once you feel like you have received that or chosen that, then we invite you to depart this space in silence, and um, you can gather out in the foyer for more conversation or wherever you need to go next. Uh, but go in the grace and peace and the love of the Beloved One.